0: The Gospels are the accounts of the words and works of our Savior Jesus. It's there that we learn of the acts of love that mean for us forgiveness and everlasting life. Join us to study one of these Gospels, the book of Matthew. Read a chapter, and then listen in as our pastors from Grace discuss the marvel of God's words to us. We hope that you listen to Jesus' words, and that with us you grow. Here's another discussion on a chapter from the book of Matthew.
1: Most certainly true listeners, you guys are awesome. You made it to the last day of our Book of Matthew reading um, challenge, and we're here in Chapter 28, and you're here to listen to Master Chapter 28 discussion. We're so glad and thankful that you have joined us. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman, one of the pastors here at Grace, and I'm joined here by Pastor Aaron Strong. How are you today? Today I'm doing very well, and I hope the rest of our listeners are doing well, too. It's Easter. They've got to be doing it's awesome, Easter right? It's Easter Day. <laughs> Absolutely. It is
2: one of the most joyous days of the Christian uh, church here. and I always get excited about Easter, so I'm excited about chapter right. 28. Right. You can't help but smile Right? reading Matthew chapter 28. Absolutely. Which is good because, you know, 27 um, is is a heavy
1: chapter. It was a, it was a darker one. It's yeah. a darker, <laughs> heavy chapter.
2: We, you look at Jesus suffering and death, um, but today we get to rejoice in the, in the fact that um, the tomb is empty and, and Jesus' death was not in vain, but sets us free.
1: One of my favorite, um, I've got this channel of satire videos that that I like to watch and it was, there was one that was done on proving that the resurrection is true. And basically the premise of the video was if you were making up this story, you wouldn't name every character in the story Mary. So so there's a, there's <laughs> there a little bit of defense and proof of some apologetics here. The fact that so many of the women at the tomb are named Mary proves the authenticity of the story. Of
2: could story. have had a little bit more originality, Matthew. Come on. <laughs>
1: No, it means that it is real. I know because right? that's those are the facts. Exactly, he, Matthew can't change the the women's names. That's just they're all Mary. Exactly. If right. Matthew were making this whole thing up, he'd have a cast of characters with unique yeah. names. But so you have the real.
2: the group of Marys, right who <laughs> who were there Good Friday and witnessed Jesus' death on the cross and at his crucifixion who also were there probably from a distance watching as as Joseph of Arimathea took Jesus' body down and, and buried him because yeah. they knew where the tomb was.
1: In, in Matthew 27, there was that little detail, these women from Galilee who followed Jesus on, during his ministry and cared for his needs. And so that didn't stop because he's been put on trial because he was suffering, and now they, they're going to pay their last respects uh, to to their master if you remember the detail that his body was quickly taken off the tomb and put in, or quickly taken off the cross, excuse me, and then put in the tomb, probably with some cursory burial things, but the plan is come back on Sunday and give him proper burial. Right. Um, so that's the the... Marvel of God's plan in all this, that he knows there's going to be reason for the followers of Jesus to be coming back early Sunday morning. This won't have to be a just word trickles through type of deal, but so many people are going to actually put their eyes on this empty tomb. They're coming back to do something that they think will be getting him even more ready for burial. But um, God's got better plans in in store for them.
2: Yeah, the women expected to find a, a tomb. Uh, with a dead body in it. In fact, they were expecting to find a closed-up tomb with a dead body. In and right. in, some, in some of the other gospels, they're actually talking along the way like, oh, who's going to move that big How stone this out of the way? Right? Because, you know, and, and I think a lot of times that these tombs were set up in such a way that the stone would probably roll easily into place, but not so easily
1: out of place. Right, right? by would, design. The fact be a that groove, it would kind of be sealed up, right? A groove for it to catch and then not roll further.
2: So they're contemplating this, but they shouldn't have worried because they get there and find that the tomb and the stone... The stone is already rolled away, and the, the tomb is empty. And Matthew gives us the details of, of another violent earthquake. There was a lot of seismic activity in the last couple of days. A violent earthquake happens, and um, an angel of the Lord comes down, moves the stone out of the way, sits upon it, and just scares the living daylights almost out of these these guards who are there. Just terrifies them. It's, and the Bible says they acted like dead men yeah. uh, from seeing this whole event. It was. It would have been terrifying,
1: absolutely. If you if you look throughout the Bible and, and look at appearances of angels, almost without exception, th- their first words are "Don't be afraid," yep, <laughs> because they are so different than than normal people and and so out of the routine and normal that they just invoke fear. Because right. uh, what's going on? Why why am I looking at an angel? Uh, but yeah, so here again, don't be afraid. I'm here for a reason. And actually, it's a pretty good reason. If you just hear me out. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And he, he, the angel talks to the, the women when they approach the tomb. And, and that's where that do not be afraid comes in. And he says he's not here. He's risen just as he has said. Um, and, and you know, I think the cool thing too that we want to keep in mind is the angel did not come to, to roll the stone away in order to release Jesus. Jesus was already gone. He's gone, right. Alright, so the, the rolling away of the stone was to open it up to see that Jesus us. was right. gone, that the tomb is empty. Um, so with that being said, at some point, um, from Jesus' death on Good Friday to the tomb being opened up on, on Sunday morning, Jesus rose. And we don't know the perfect timing of that um but the bible and other places does talk about how jesus um did descend into hell during that time and proclaim his victory over satan and uh, i think victory and to proclaim that victory to those in hell to to see that you've rejected um god's promise of of salvation and and the savior and and here's part of that suffering now of knowing that um but at some point jesus did rise but he didn't need to escape through an open tomb as as a resurrected savior he was not bound by by those physical things like we are and you see that later too when jesus appears on um on easter sunday in into a closed room with the disciples it's this is recorded i think in luke and and maybe in john too a little bit um jesus just appears so he's not bound by the physical things as he has his resurrected body um glorified in in all of its perfection yeah
1: if we use some big church terms his state of humiliation was when he set aside full use of his divine power and then with the resurrection, he begins his state of exaltation, where he resumes the full use of his power. One of the most pointed examples of that is when Jesus is in his state of humiliation, most often, to get from point A to point B, he's walking. He's walking like like the rest of his disciples would. Um, but now now he can snap his fingers and be out of the tomb and snap his fingers and be in an upper room twice in a row yeah. in two consecutive weeks. Um, there's even when he appears on the side of the of the Sea of Galilee. It, it seems to to be that the disciples don't see him there at first, and and then all of a sudden he's there, potentially, probably just showing up where he needs to show up. Right. We see him do that then later on the road to Damascus with um, with Saul turned Paul. He appears in in glory um, there during Saul's conversion. But yeah, you can see Je- glorified and exalted Jesus now um is no longer bound by the, by the things that we humans are are bound by.
2: Absolutely. Part of the, the message that the angel gave is uh, and I love these words he said come and see, come and look in the tomb and then go and tell. Yeah. And and I think that's just it's a beautiful statement a for us. A great Easter sermon. Oh, absolutely. You know, perfect for us to keep in mind too, come and see Jesus, come and see him in his word, the resurrected savior for us and I'll go and tell um go and share that good news with with somebody else that Easter joy that others too can can know that Jesus is their lord and savior who lives for them too. And I think the best part of this is as the the women do run off to go and tell the disciples. Um Jesus does this all of a sudden appearing thing and and appears to them on their their way and shows himself alive to them and man what an astounding moment that must have been for those ladies.
1: Yeah, for sure. As as the things are are getting pieced together as the evidence is becoming overwhelming as to what really happened. I always kind of picture, um, maybe this is a Hollywood thing, but the the recollection of some of the words that Jesus said. Jesus' followers, he would, he would predict that he'd have to suffer and he'd be handed over and he would die. And on the third day would be raised to life, but they always never seemed to take any comfort or or even pay any attention to the last part, the conclusion to the whole story. Yeah. Um and I wonder if they're hearing Jesus say those things now and understanding. It's clicking, faith is taking over and sure and giving them the encouragement that Jesus meant to give them weeks, months ago. Um but they never really quite grasped and never really quite um understood or or I suppose you could say believed those those words were were going to happen.
2: Absolutely. Um, after that, you you get uh, the guards uh, who had been posted there at the end of chapter 27. Um, some of them are now making their way back to um, the chief priest to report what had happened. Yeah, so... That must have been kind of a, a funny, dog with a tail story. between legs kind of thing.
1: <laughs> Remember how I had one job to do? Right.
2: <laughs> well, and I've always wondered how many guards there were. I think often we picture like two guards, right? But I think that there must have been more all right. in, in chapter 27 it says um, they posted the guard, uh, so it's not specific, but now in, in chapter 28 here, some of the guards um, went into the city. So it makes me think that you had a good, I don't know if "battalions" is the right word, but you had a good crew of guards there. So it was probably a, a bunch of them who were there to, to make it secure. And um, But now you have some of them going back and, and having to share the embarrassing news that, uh, yeah, the tomb's empty. I The, the cover-up, though, is what amazes me, and this is the the Pharisees paying them off a large sum of money, right? So they're paying these guards off that uh, you just need to go, when you're questioned, tell them that the disciples came in the middle of the night and they overtook you and stole the body. That's kind of a crummy lie, though, too. I mean, these guards... They must have had to pay these guards off quite a bit because I would think that if you were a guard and you reported that, yeah, I didn't do my job very well, you're probably getting axed.
1: Right, <laughs> right. Oh, and they even say that we'll we'll take care of. Th- if the governor finds out, we'll take care of that. Right. If, if if this if word gets to your boss, we'll appease him. Um. Yeah, just to see the the corruption here. It, it's remarkable to me that they're like understanding. So this resurrection thing that Jesus said was going to happen really happened. And now what?
2: And they're still trying to cover it up. Now now what,
1: now what do we do about this? Right. And and instead of repentance and okay, this is actually maybe the fulfillment of all of the prophet prophecies that we actually, as our profession are teaching and sharing with people, um, instead of seeing this for the good news that it truly is, um, they're so prideful and unwilling to admit that instead it's now. What do I have to pay you to not embarrass me? To not to not admit publicly or or, or cause this Jesus thing to spread even faster than it's going to already. Yeah, you just
2: see the hardness and the stubbornness right. of their hearts. That that even when it is so clear and apparent that whoa. Something happened. Surely he was the son of God. Should have been the thing that flowed from their lips, but that just shows the stubborn, obstinate hearts that, that we can have. Um, and and still today, I mean, how many times do we not deal with people in our own life, family or friends or coworkers, whoever, who we can just share the beautiful truths of the gospel and the way God works and share the way God has, has worked in our lives and things like that, and someone still says, yeah, but I don't believe it. Yeah.
1: Well, how many times are we that person with the promises of God? We see him promise his presence or or promise his blessing or promise that, uh, he's holding us in his hands. And yeah, but I don't see it. I don't believe that because it hurts right now or because, um, it's not, life's not going the way that I think blessing should look like. And, um, so we're, we're the ones that have God's proof and his promises and his love so clearly in front of us. And we find ways to, not believe it. We find ways to to be the sinful people that we are instead of allowing faith to take over our confession and and our lives. Absolutely, that
2: lie was circulated among the Jews, and um, that's what they believed, uh, largely among among them. That Jesus' disciples came and stole a body, and so he's he really never rose. and And I don't know how much that's affected the Jewish faith um, to the the current day. Um, but obviously, was one that that probably kept a lot of people um, at Jesus' time in the early Christian church from believing the truth yeah. too.
0: Wouldn't
1: you say most Jewish people would not really care about what happened with Jesus because they never saw him as Messiah to begin with? Yeah, probably not. So,
2: and and but this would just be another reason as to why. Well, he died,
1: right? I, I suppose they would, just like any other person, he died. And okay, so there's some stories about this magical, no longer dead, but right. either way it doesn't really matter because our Messiah is still coming.
2: And you have the the numerous times that are recorded for us of Jesus appearing to the women and the disciples and, and even some crowds at that's different times. Up to 500 one time, yeah. And that's how Matthew 28 closes up. As you have Jesus fulfilling his promise, one of his last promises to his disciples, that he is um, going to meet them in Galilee and and spend some time with them. And, and that's the disciples are there with Jesus. And the, the last few verses of chapter 28, the Gospel of Matthew, are, are sometimes called the Great Commission. Jesus showing himself, proving himself to be alive, to be the Savior, and now encouraging the disciples, go out and share this good news with the world.
1: Yeah. With Jesus' mission on earth complete, with Jesus' uh, ascension looming, where he's going to um, no longer be physically present with his disciples, but rather now miraculously present and omnipresent, um, invisible among them, Um, he says, but you're not going to be alone. Yeah. I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. So so Jesus' work is done and now he is commissioning his followers to be his ambassadors and spokespeople in the world. Here's how you're gonna do it. Here's how the church is gonna work. Yep. You're gonna go make disciples of all nations through baptism and through the proclamation of the gospel, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I'm gonna be with you as you do it. All right. I'm be with you as you live your lives for me. I'm gonna be with you as the church grows. Um, I'm going to be there to offer you forgiveness. I'm going to remind you of the fact that I died and now I live again. Um, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. What a comforting promise and made even more comforting as we consider the context in which Jesus speaks these words, um, not leaving us alone, but, but offering us something even better, um, his divine presence among us and and his assurance, um, Of the means of grace in our lives and and how powerful it is as we have the opportunity to proclaim his love, his life, his death, his resurrection, uh, even today in our world and in our lives.
2: I've always looked at that that great commission, uh, you know, very simply as, you know, Jesus starts off by laying out his credentials. Right. I have all authority. I have all power. So this is, this is why I can give you right. this command. Right. So, so listen up. And it's not like they had forgotten this, but it's just this reminder. I'm in control of all things. Right. And this is, this is what I want you to do now with this good news. Go out. I want you to, to build the, you know, the kingdom of God. And you hear the tools I'm going to give you. It's baptism. It is teaching uh, God's word and what I've commanded you, what you've witnessed, what you've heard. Um, but don't worry. You're not on your own. I'm here with you here's, to do this this impossible task for a person to do by themselves, <laughs> um, but what a beautiful reminder for us we have God and all of His power and authority with us to use these same tools to to share God's word and word and sacrament that gospel message and and not to worry, not to stress because Jesus is there with us, working through that means and and alongside us uh, yeah. to encourage us and that's a beautiful just way to go out and uh to do this work that God set before us as his people.
1: What a great uh, conclusion statement for Jesus and his ministry and his time with with his disciples in this way, Um, but also then here for the book of Matthew the gospel of Matthew, here we see um, this Jesus who is the real life human fulfillment of prophecy, God and man. He's born, he lives, he dies, he lives again, and now he sends us out um and all along the way he's with us all along the way this this sacrifice that jesus was willing to to be for us has now come true um and now it, it, our lives will never be the same he'll be with us always i, I just find the, this great commission and and this event um to be so powerful and and so perfect for this context and for our lives to hear our Savior speaking these words of truth, these words of promise, these words of power for us. Um, We can cling to all of his promises and we can cling to it and we can rejoice because we know it's all most most certainly true. true.
0: Thanks for joining us in our effort to read and grow through the Gospel of Matthew. We'd love to share more Jesus with you Learn more about Grace at our website, www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, Bible study resources, links to our digital media resources, our pastor's contact info, and a lot more about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.